Good afternoon, Acadiana. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. Glad to be with you guys this afternoon. And hey, this is the one-month anniversary of the start of this show. One month strong. Thank you guys very much for listening. We're going to keep it going for at least another month. If you want to call in and be part of the conversation, 232-1542. Want to start today by picking up on a topic of conversation from yesterday and want to continue uh, with some thoughts. So uh, yesterday, mentioned the fact that Gary Chambers had dropped another online ad, this time burning the Confederate flag and talking about gerrymandering in the state. I maintain, and I've said this from the start and I will continue saying it, Gary Chambers is running a statewide campaign in 2022 to be the governor in 2023. And I think yesterday's ad proved it. You don't run a, an ad on gerrymandering in state politics if you're running for the U.S. Senate. You are if you are running for governor, if you want to affect change directly in the state. If you're running for a federal seat, you're going to run on more national political issues. And there are plenty to run on right now. But the national political scene is very toxic for Democrats. So it's very much a long shot campaign already in a normal time period against an incumbent who is popular like John Kennedy. For Chambers and Luke Mixon to be running right now is an even longer shot. Kennedy is expected to get upwards of 60% of the vote in the initial run. There will be no runoff. So that brings me to today. Over at the Hayride, Scott McKay uh, has a piece up. You aren't surprised to find out Gary Chambers is a fraud, are you? Now, his argument is that when the Ronald Green story first broke months ago, Chambers was one of the loud voices out there demanding change, demanding reform at the state police level, this, that, and the other. Since the text messages between the former head of Louisiana State Police and John Bell Edwards on the night of Green's death leaked, or not leaked, but were released because of a Freedom of Information Act request, the, uh, the legislative black caucus, black Democrats around the state, and Gary Chambers have all been relatively silent. And this is drawing criticism because they, it seems like they're just all in on the governor's side. They're, they're choosing to be partisan over wanting to see the truth here. And I think there is a bit to that, but it's a little bit deeper. Let's try to uh, weave a few threads together here. First is Chambers' campaign. Chambers is currently publicly running for the U.S. Senate. He is focusing on issues, though, that deal more with the state than the federal seat. So mentioning the Ronald Green thing is pretty important. However, while this whole thing's been going on, Chambers has been in California. Now he's in New York raising money from white liberals, taking advantage of a lot of white guilt among uh, white liberals in the north and on the east coast and drawing in a lot of money there. He wants to make a valid run. Statewide, 
the Legislative Black Caucus is going to stick by John Bell Edwards. But at the same time, we have from the Louisiana House a bipartisan committee to investigate Ronald Green's death at the hands of state police with an emphasis on whether or not John Bell Edwards was party to a cover-up. Now, here's the issue. Note that the talking point right now is cover-up. They're not claiming interference. When this story first broke, I told you guys, I didn't think that there was actual like, criminal interference here. But there is a political cover-up. This is a PR story, not a criminal story for the governor. And that's how the politicians are playing it. Now, Chambers and other black Democrats across the state do not have to be publicly out there against the governor. If, if, if you're playing this as a political strategy, what you do is you take part in that investigation because you want the truth to be out there. And so there is, this is a bipartisan committee. Clay Sheck Snyder has put a bipartisan committee. And they're going to get to the bottom of it. Now, what happens? The Republicans get the talking point about keeping John Bell Edwards under pressure and investigating him, really kind of taking on the tactics of what we see in Congress with committees and investigations. Black Democrats in the state will either determine there was nothing there, validating their siding with the governor from the get-go, or they will find that there was some sort of cover-up there. It's a win-win for them. The only person who's going to lose in all this is John Bell Edwards because the pressure will be kept on him and he's trying to keep his party happy, especially the politicians that want more majority-minority districts. If it comes out that he tried to cover this up for a PR reason or that his office did, that's going to look bad on him, and that's going to increase the pressure from within his own party. And you will see, like I've said, more majority-minority districts that take out white Democrats in the state legislature. White Democrats are the only ones who stand to lose from this issue. Now, should Chambers come out and say something? Yeah, probably so. But again, he's busy raising money out of the state. That's a big tell right there. There's not enough support in state for him to make a serious run at Senate. But there is enough money from white liberals and pot, uh, pot lobbyists out there to help fund future campaigns. 232-1542. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, let's talk about inflation. Because we have, we're now near, we're now at a uh, 40-year high, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better. What is the Biden administration going to do about it? Hopefully not what they've been doing about it, because it's only making it worse. 232-1542, when we come back after this break. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965-KPEL. If you want to join in the conversation, 232-1542. You can also find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. 
And you can listen to any part of the show that you might have missed by going to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find our podcast as well as all the shows that appear on KPEL throughout the day. All you got to do is find your favorite broad, uh, podcast platform and uh, search us up. Inflation has hit a new 40-year high. It increased at the fastest rate in 40 years over the last 12 months, outpacing projections, according to the Department of Labor. The Consumer Price Index surged 0.6% over the last month and 7.5% over the last 12 months, ending in January. That is the largest annual spike since February of 1982, when inflation hit 7.62%. Core CPI, which excludes volatile food and energy costs, also went up by 0.6%, following another 0.6% increase in December. This marks the seventh time in 10 months that core CPI has increased at least 0.5%. Core CPI has increased about 6% annually, the steepest 12-month jump since the period ending in August of 1982. This is bad for the economy and for Biden. Let's not talk about the politics of it, though. The persistent inflation is being caused by, or is being exacerbated by, a supply chain crisis. The Biden stimulus. The attack on energy sector jobs. The pandemic forced shutdowns and mitigation and community mitigation efforts. All of this is having a major impact when you see a 3% rise in wages across the country, but 7.5% inflation increase. People aren't actually seeing a rise in their wages. The amount of money that they're holding on to is going down. And it is causing a lot of concern. There is uh, an economist, Michael Strain. Um, he is the chair of the political economy at, um, at the American Enterprise Institute. He speculates that of this 7.5% increase in inflation... About three points of that are due to Biden's inflation. He writes this at National Review. Estimates of the effect of $1 of government spending on overall economic output range widely, say from around 50 cents to 250, and depend on many factors, including the type of spending and the amount of slack in the economy. Call the boost to actual economic output from $1 of federal spending the multiplier. Last February, all plausible estimates of either the output gap or the multiplier predicted that the ARP would generate substantial inflationary pressure in 2021 and 2022. We now have data on how 2021 unfolded. Using the same method, you could say that around three percentage points of inflation in 2021 were due to that uh, Biden stimulus plan. There is a lot that is happening on the economy, that is an own goal from the Biden administration. 
and from the Democrats. They have pushed extraordinary spending. They have become activists on energy issues again, cutting the Keystone Pipeline and other projects that did cost jobs and did keep energy prices high. As a result, everybody is looking around and seeing things more expensive. I'm in the process of shopping for a new car. I haven't gone to any dealership yet. I've just been looking online. And the average across the country is about a 40% increase in the cost of used cars, in the price of used cars. I mean, I, I had that figure in front of me. Hang on just one second. Here we go. Used cars across the country, used cars up 40.5%. Gas up 40%. Utility gas up 24%. Hotels up 21%. Here's where it might even affect y'all more. Bacon is up 18%. Peanut butter up 15.5%. Fish up 13%. I assume that includes crawfish. Not sure. But if our crawfish prices are going up, we should just all secede. Eggs are up 13%. So yeah, I'm trying to search. I'm trying to buy a car. I want to buy a new car. The car I've had, the car I have right now, I've had about 10 years. And it's done a lot of travel and it's time. But it is time for me to to get a new one. Not buying new, buy something used. But the prices are very high for what I and my family need. It wouldn't, it's 40% higher than where it would have been a year ago. This is a problem because I'm not the only one who wants to buy a car. A lot of people want to buy a car. The costs are up and the supply is really low. Drive by some of your local dealerships. You're going to notice lots that are a lot emptier than they were. People are still buying, but there's not as much inventory out on the market. There's also a microchip shortage that's left over from the from when the pandemic started a couple years ago. This is all adding up. And everybody is looking at Joe Biden for this. Including, by the way, Senator Joe Manchin. Now, before I get to this, I do have to say there's a hilarious column at MSNBC on their website, and it is calling for Biden to go after Manchin and Cinema, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin harder. I 100% want them to do that. Biden could make life miserable for Manchin and Cinema. And he should. That's the tweet from MSNBC, the headline of the opinion piece. Biden needs to take the kid gloves off with Manchin and Cinema. At a time when the Democrats are 50-50 with Republicans in the Senate, the activists who have called for all the things that Biden has done that has made the economic situation worse now want him to go after Manchin and Cinema harder, alienate them more. Joe Manchin dropped a statement today after the news about inflation hitting 7.5% over 12 months came out. Here's his statement. For months, I have been ringing the alarm bell about inflation. Once again, we are witnessing the threat of 
we're witnessing that the threat of inflation is real. There is not a corner of this nation where hardworking families are able to escape this noticeable impact of this, quote, inflation tax. Inflation taxes are draining the hard-earned wages of every American and causing its real and severe economic pain that can no longer be ignored. It's beyond time for the Federal Reserve to tackle this issue head-on, and Congress and the administration must proceed with caution before adding more fuel to an economy already on fire. As inflation and our $30 trillion in national debt continues a historic climb, only in Washington, D.C. do people seem to think that spending trillions more of taxpayers' money will cure our problems, let alone inflation. And with that, Build Back Better is dead. It was pretty much dead at the moment that uh, that the filibuster removal failed in the Senate. But now it's officially dead. Manchin's not going to sign on for any more of this because he is from West Virginia, where a lot of blue-collar workers who have already been suffering are suffering even worse now. His job in the Senate is threatened, not by Biden and the Democrats, but by the people of his own state, and he has to fight for them. He has to... (laughs) Shocker! He has to represent his constituency. Good on him. But that means Build Back Better is dead. That means the Biden agenda is dead. And they don't have anything else on the table. Nothing at all to try to fix what's going on. Biden... He, he swore at a press event today that he was going to find a way to tackle the high gas prices. Prices. Mr. President, you killed the Keystone Pipeline. You've halted drilling. You're going after energy producers. You want the oil companies to be investigated for price gouging. You're not doing anything but making it worse. But by all means, continue to do what you're doing because 2022 is here and the elections are not too far away. Less than nine months. And Biden is going to hand all of Congress over to the Republican Party. 232-1542. We are going to take a break. When we come back, the school board here in Lafayette Parish had a very interesting meeting last night. It could mean something for your kids. We'll have that and more here on News Talk 965 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965 KPL. Glad to be with you guys today. The Lafayette Parish School Board met last night, and they are, like a lot of us, starting to get a little bit irritated with current quarantine policy. Now, the quarantine policy for our parish, for our district, is based on guidance from the Louisiana Department of Health. So keep that in mind. However, uh, this is in a story. uh, My friend Lee Guidry at The Advertiser, a phenomenal education reporter, and if you read nobody else, you should read what she writes. But all the, the, all the local folks at the Advertiser, I think, are great. Lafayette Parish School Board members are frustrated with current quarantine regulations and the number of school days asymptomatic students are missing. Students are suffering, board member Britt Latchley said. We, have, we just have too many kids missing school for no reason. 
Lafayette Parish school system uses contact tracing and quarantine guidelines set under the governor's latest COVID-19 public health emergency proclamation, which is set to expire on February 16th. The order states that school districts can opt out of requiring masks on campus if they adopt isolation and quarantine policies that align with the Louisiana Department of Health's COVID-19 screening decision tree for K-12 and daycare, which requires close contacts of positive cases to isolate for five days. This has been a nightmarish policy under the Omicron variant. The Omicron variant is highly contagious, but does not have, um, does, does not affect most people like it affects, uh, like the, the past variants have affected us. And students are still not spreading to each other. Even, at, even if they get the Omicron variant, there has still been no mass spreader event at any school. And a lot of parents, a lot of teachers, a lot of coaches are all getting very frustrated with the amount of time that their kids, their students, their athletes are having to miss school and sports due to the quarantines, the constant quarantines. This is a problem, and it looks like you have Britt Lachelet and Justin uh, Centani on the school board who are fighting it, and it sounds like others on the school board are pretty much on board with them. So last night was just bringing out language to discuss it. They're not going to do anything yet. Looks like we're going to be waiting until after the governor's guidance comes out before we do before we take the next step as a district. But it's it's a damn good thing that they're having this conversation right now because the amount of times that kids are being quarantined. I mean, there there are kids that get quarantined more than once in a couple weeks span. And it's all because of close contact, but they're not getting the virus. They're just going, they're missing school for a while, and they're coming back. Last year, we spent two-thirds of the school year alternating A-Day and B-Day here in Lafayette Parish. Finally got rid of that around March of last year. Because we at least kept kids in school every other day and had them doing work at home, although engagement at home was sketchy at best in a lot of ways. Lafayette Parish still was able to be successful when it comes to the actual numbers and data that came out as a result of last year. Sending kids home arbitrarily and having them miss five, ten days at a time more than once isn't good that will hurt those efforts to continue growing as a parish. The whole point of our policies was to keep kids in school. And when the policies are actually doing more to keep kids out of school, then you have a problem. Kids come into close contact either in school or outside of school with somebody who tests positive for the Omicron variant. The kid themselves, the kids themselves largely aren't getting sick from it, although we did have a pretty good wave across our schools 
uh, of kids getting sick and having to miss, but it still was not very severe. And they were returning quickly. Some kids were returning uh, faster than the kids who had to quarantine for close contact because the virus is not the, the virus is not affecting anybody as much as past variants did. We are at the point where across the country, you are seeing even Democratic governors now dropping mask requirements. And in the state of Louisiana, we are on the backside of the latest wave and the numbers are still going down. And that's good. It's time for us to adjust our policies accordingly, especially right now because we are in the second semester of the year and spring testing is right around the corner. And as you get closer to the time of that testing, the testing that helps us determine where we need to improve our education, Kids are missing vital content and review time. Something has to change. And it's very, very interesting that all of this change is coming about nationwide right now. Democratic governors across the state, uh, across the country, are lifting restrictions that they've maintained were necessary all along. But the polling looks bad. The polling looks atrocious. Joe Biden's polling, by the way, six out of ten Americans disapprove of the job he's doing. In virtually every area of his administration, it's failing. His administration, the CDC, Health and Human Services, they're all saying, yes, we're not ready to get rid of masking yet. But the Democratic leaders and states are basically saying, "Uh, we're going to do it anyway. Democrats are starting very quietly to distance themselves from the Biden administration. Because they know what's coming this year. And these COVID mitigation efforts, which haven't done anything, are going to be one of the top targets. You get rid of the mask mandates. You get rid of a lot of the restrictions in schools. You get some PR out of it. But also, you risk looking cynical in front of your voters. And I think that's actually about to happen. A lot of these Democrats saw the polling and reacted too late. Had they looked at the actual science and looked at the numbers and everything, they would have seen that masking was not doing anything and they would have pulled the mask restrictions sooner. But they didn't. So with the mask requirements and with the terrible, terrible messaging on vaccines from the Democrats and the Biden administration, their their trust is shot. And looking at it now and saying, oh, well, let's just get rid of the mask mandates after several prominent Democrats have been spotted without masks. Remember the Stacey Abrams story. Remember the Los Angeles Rams uh, game where they won and there were a ton of Democratic politicians and celebrities there, all without masks. 
And now they're turning around after that and saying, oh, well, we, didn't need, we didn't need masks in the first place. It looks very cynical to voters. And yes, the Democrats are reacting to the polling. They are following the science. It's just political science. But it's going to look extremely cynical to the voters. Whereas right here in this story, in the advertiser from last night's school board meeting, we're not talking about masking anymore. We decided to get rid of masking a while back, to get rid of mandatory masking and move to something that was at the time more sensible. But now those policies are keeping kids out of school more than they're helping. And so the school board's making an adjustment. They are listening to their voters there. Democrats are not listening to the voters. Nationally, Democrats are not listening to voters. They're not listening to the people who are saying, this isn't working, we need something new, you're restricting too much. They're looking at polling and seeing, oh, this is hurting us, we need to change. Find yourselves politicians that will listen to you. The Democrats don't have any politicians that are listening to their base right now. And it's hurting them. 232-1542, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, plus your calls. If you want to call in, please do, 232-1542. We will be back in just a moment. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 965-KPEL, 232-1542, if you want to join in the conversation. I like Adele. I like her music. I like her most recent album. I think it was a very emotional album, and I really like just good writing and music. Right now, though, Adele is under attack from the left. At, a, uh, at, the, at Tuesday's Brit Awards, she won Artist of the Year, a category that used to be separated uh, by sex, but has now been merged. So it used to be there was uh, male Artist of the Year and female Artist of the Year. It's now just one category. So out of all the men and all the women who could qualify, Adele won. She deserved it. The album was good. When she went up to accept her award, she said, I understand why the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. She said it. It was huge cheers. I'm really proud of us. I really, really am. Apparently, loving being a woman, being a proud woman, is no longer acceptable. I can recall vividly the days where being a proud woman was something that was celebrated, but now, no. Apparently not. A staunch feminist performer named Jacob said, please, no, Adele can't be a turf." Others complained that they had lost a lot of respect for Adele and would no longer spend a cent on her music because of what she said. She said nothing. By the way, uh, TERF means trans-exclusionary radical feminist. The type of feminist that believes that truly empowering women means you shouldn't let men claim to be women. Actually, not that novel an idea. 
it actually seems to be pretty de-empowering to say that being a woman is so common even a man can do it. J.K. Rowling, author of the Harry Potter series, has been under fire for years because she believes that. But Adele didn't even say anything about transgender community. She said nothing about women are women, men are men. She said nothing about it. She just said, I love being a woman. And people are freaking out. And this is one of the things I mentioned yesterday. The big tent era of politics is over. You're not going to find a lot of people who are becoming your ally and joining your call, like joining your party. Do you know what you're seeing, though? You're seeing people who are not aligned by party, who are not aligned by political philosophy, but they're joining together on social causes. Instead of a big tent, it's like one of those old battlefield movies where there's a bunch of tents on the battlefield and all the army is camped out together. People are joining a certain side of the fight and it's becoming more and more common for the battle to be taken up against these major social movements like the trans community, which continuously seems to be overreaching. And it seems that more often than not, the left is overreaching more and more. That's why you have liberal comics like Joe Rogan, like Bill Maher, all Talk, speaking out about this silencing of speech that the left is routinely in, in, engaged in. That's why you're seeing celebrities who are normally very progressive speaking out, like Dave Chappelle. These are not Republicans. These are not conservatives in the slightest. You're not going to see them. You're not going to see them taking on conservative causes, but you will see them fighting against some of these ultra-progressive causes. We've got a caller on the line, Bill. Bill, thank you very much for calling, and how are you today? Um, great. The weather's great, so uh, I'm it is a happy beautiful. guy. It is very beautiful, beautiful weather. All I wanted to say was, it's on the topic you're on right now, uh-huh. uh, the upside of that controversy that you're discussing with uh, Adele mm-hmm. is that obviously the word woman has a certain meaning for everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. There, there is it's something not, to be said. It's not amorphic. It's not an amorphic thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a real thing. It's a binary thing. Yep. So, I, I, I would take heart that uh, if people are objecting that she loves to be a woman, then uh, that certainly has meaning for anybody who's honest enough to admit it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. It, it, it does kind of reinforce the idea that 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 personhood is binary, that there is manhood and womanhood. And the, the trans community, the, the very loud voices, the very active voices in that community are, are not winning that fight like they think they are. And this goes into the, the larger... Uh, I, ho- I hope that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, thank you very much for the, for the call. Uh, and, no and, and this really plays into what I was just saying in that you're finding more and more people 
who are not of the right joining in and pushing back against a lot of these social movements because the overreach is to the point where these these social movements are trying to silence all other voices. Adele gets Artist of the Year for writing a very powerful statement in an album on life after divorce, something that affects a lot of people around the world and people identify with it. And she writes a beautiful album on it. One of the most beautiful songs on there is her trying to explain to her child that she still loves her, that it's not her fault that this happened. It, when you listen to the lyrics, it rips at you. It, it tugs at your heart. And to have this powerful moment, write this powerful album, and then to turn around and be torn down because you are proud of your gender, proud of your biological sex, is absurd. And more and more people are speaking out on the absurdity. And like Bill said, that is a positive thing, that people are getting mad over the binary nature of biological sex is actually a good thing. It actually means that they are not winning as much as you think they are. Bill, great call. Great point. Thank you very much for calling in. Everybody who's called in, in our first month of this show, thank you very much for joining us here on the Joe Cunningham Show. We are going to continue to be here, like I said, at least one other month here on News Talk KPL 965. You can find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast form of our show. Look up the Joe Cunningham Radio Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.